times 1.3 equals 2730 right I, I, I feel like i'm getting a, a proper nutrition consultation now like yeah. about 10 years overdue happy days <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so i think the big thing with these things is that you have to realize it's just a you know a stabbing not so much the dark but maybe you've got a bit of a torch there you know and 2730 calories to start okay 90 kg maybe 1.3 is your activity level you go for a couple of walks maybe you try and do your 10,000 steps a day uh-huh. all right the next thing on top of that is looking at right how active are you actually mm-hmm. right so you would be thinking about what is your what is your output due to exercise all right. So then you be thinking to yourself, right, I'm doing a big swim in the morning. I'm taking three classes. You know, I'm doing a swim at night. That's where you need to start factoring in how many calories you need to start adding on top of that based on your goal. So if your goal is to maintain performance, you need to make sure that your calories are in check. Like you need to make sure that you're fueling for performance. So <clears throat> it could be. Can I give you, you? Can I give you some figures yeah. here, which I think will help my audience? So let's yeah, just say ahead, yeah. I do two body pump classes and two body attack classes one of those body composition based one of those is aerobic space but let's say the average is 500 calories per class per class and is that per day so it's four classes per day yeah say okay five i'll say five days a week because a lot that i'm saying this because a lot of group fitness instructors would average that through the week there might be different types of classes but they'll be doing body composition classes strength classes is a better way of saying that not body composition yep. a strength-based class and they'll do cardio-based classes and we'll have that mixture so we'll say 500 okay. calories each you're listening to the ricky long podcast where international fitness entrepreneur ricky long answers your questions and interviews fitness leaders on training nutrition and mindset ricky is a fitness industry expert having been helping people achieve their fitness goals since 2002 we talk everything fitness business and group exercise to help you on your fitness journey hello and welcome to episode number 49 of the Ricky Long Podcast. I'm just going to start this off right from the start. This podcast is absolutely incredible. I did this podcast five days before you're here in this recording. Listen to it today. You've already listened to the intro of this of my conversation with nutrition expert Adam Shillajay of RNG Fitness. And wow, with so much fun doing this episode. I certainly got a lot from it. You'll get to about the middle of the episode and you realise this basically just becomes a nutrition consultation for myself. What's beautiful about this episode is Adam is a nutrition expert. He's certified by one of the top nutrition suppliers in the UK. He's part of a very few elite group of certified nutritionists by Mac Nutrition. And Adam doesn't really know a lot about Les Mills and Body Pump. And why that's really good is what Mac Nutrition nutritionists are skilled in is the art of critical thinking. So he was able to kind of use me as a case study. So we had no preconceived ideas about Body Pump, about Body Attack, about Body Combat, which is all the programs we speak about in this episode. And what you need to fuel yourself in order to teach these programs and not have the quote-unquote instructor burnout so you're going to hear a lot about that you're also going to hear a lot of chat at the start where we kind of forgot we were actually recording an episode this episode is one hour 
and 45 minutes long. It's a long ass episode, so I'm going to keep this real short. And I have four things I want to tell you about. I'm swimming every single day, five kilometers, workout for water, UNICEF. I'm going to put the sponsor link in the show notes. Please go have a listen. Over 300 people listen to every episode. If you all donated two pounds, that is enough water for 12 children in Ethiopia to have clean water. How good is that? You could donate two quid and you could solve that problem. Second thing I want to tell you about, I've written a book. I've written a book. I've written a book and I'm in the middle of writing a second book. The first book is an e-book and it's a train to teach oop. At train to teach ebook. It's everything I've been through in my fitness career and what I now prescribe myself and my clients and how they can quote unquote train to teach. What that means is you're training your body to teach your group fitness classes. The link is in the show notes. Third thing, we've started a Patreon. That's a way for you to support this podcast. You basically Go to the Patreon website, link is in my bio, in the show notes, and you can have a look at how you can support this podcast on a monthly basis. And what that will help me do is create more podcasts and get more high-profile guests. And by the way, the guest I have on next week will make you shit your pants. And the final thing, Jump 4.2, is getting a complete overhaul. The biggest thing that's changing is it's going from 8 weeks to 12 weeks. That's going to start on September 1st. The priority list is in the show notes. This episode is sponsored by Podium for Sport. And for those watching on Instagram Live, it's also sponsored by Taskmaster. Podium for Sport, our Northern Ireland Sports Retailer of the Year in 2018. Right now, they are doing incredible deals on back-to-school sports equipment for boys and girls. So please go and check them out. And without wasting too much more of your time, here comes my chat with Adam. And welcoming on to the Ricky Long podcast is Adam Shilladay from RNG Nutrition, expert nutritionist and PT. He's been doing that for four years now. And yep. Adam and I go back uh, a long, long time, way before we were both kind of involved in fitness. Uh, and it'll be really, really good to chat up. So welcome to the podcast, Adam. Thanks very much, Ricky. Cheers for having me on. Not a problem, not a problem. So tell the podcast world a bit about yourself and what you do. Okay, uh, I guess um, probably a wee bit different from a lot of instructors out there. Um, I originally uh, did a degree in computing science um, university. Um, then started working in IT, did a bit of traveling, um came back and you know decided it was time to uh adult for a while um <laughs> got married uh, and then started down the whole it uh, career pathway got into management and then that's when sort of i decided that wasn't really too happy about it but um essentially the the big turning point was spending my 30th birthday in the uh, maternity ward from where son was born mm-hmm. and you know shortly after someone bought me a book sounds really corny actually when I say it's back so um, yeah forgive me for this but <laughs> somebody bought, bought us a book just about like you know teaching your kids stuff and one of the things was you know uh, teaching them to follow what they want to do 
And when I really thought about it, I was miserable in IT. I was miserable. So I actually sat down and had a good think about what I actually enjoyed um, and where I think I should be going. So that started a bit of a journey from my 30th birthday right through. Um, took me about a year and a half to work out like really what I wanted to do. Did a couple of wee online nutrition um, courses, nothing really uh, too serious. Um, and actually looking back at those nutrition courses, a wee bit like, oh my God, did I actually you know, <laughs> learn that stuff? <laughs> yeah. But then um, I went down the route of um, doing my fitness training. My, and then my level three, so level two, level three. And did my like uh, started taking classes for for um, an instructor here, Paul Cooney Fitness, and then from there, I realised that I really couldn't talk to people properly about nutrition. So somebody was asking me questions about, you know, how much should I be eating, and the only thing I really had to fall back on was my experience or things, you know, we dopey things that I'd learned in these. You know, five week nutrition courses online. So, mm. being a wee bit older, I think it was easier for me to realize actually, hang on a second here. I, uh, you know, cannot be telling people this type of information and actually stand behind it. So, I felt, did feel a bit of a, a fake, even though I'd done my level three and I was getting out there and, and helping people from a, a fitness point of view. I just wasn't confident in my nutrition ability. So, did a load of research. And uh, the courses that were available, you're probably heard of like precision nutrition and things like mm-hmm. that. Um, finally landed on Mac Nutrition, and yeah, did my final exams there in May, and graduated in June. June, yeah, um, yeah, and that's really been my evolution. Um, so I suppose still relatively fresh. Not like uh, your your long tenure in the, in the industry. So I have a long way to go, but I think I've got a really good grounding on what 95% of the population is going to actually need to understand. So uh, I'm very happy with the course, very happy with what I've learned and things like that. So in terms of fitness and stuff, yeah, I, you know, I've always been into football. I played for your arch rivals, um, Orangeville. Yeah. So you, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know what the, on my yeah. podcast, I did. I did a podcast with a, a girl last week. I'm spent a long time talking about Bloomfield. It's the first time. Oh, I've right. Okay. Podcast now, Orangefield. We're appearing on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> did I? Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure whether we, we actually played against each other, but it would have been the likes of uh, who else played? Kipper probably played. Yeah, back in the day. Um, yeah, back in the day. So anyway, yeah, a lot of football. And then most recently, because of obviously work commitments and, and work on Saturdays and things like that, um, I've taken up uh, arm, 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 uh, triathlon training and things yeah. like that. So that that just, and I hate running, which is really weird because <laughs> I play football, I play Saturday my field. But uh, yeah, one of the things is that I would really want to do an Ironman at some point. Mm. So watching you swim is is uh, you know those swimming t- uh, tips and stuff you were giving out. <laughs> so it's definitely something. Um, I'll be bending your ear about at some yeah. point in the future. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. See, yesterday I was I was swimming yesterday, and I was sharing a lane with a eleven year old girl. I know her mum quite well, and she was yeah. being she was being coached by one of the swimming coaches. And again, he I actually swim with Lee, 
And I was watching her go up and down, and I was looking at how smooth her technique was <laughs> up and down, no flash. And obviously, because I'm I'm swimming constant pace right now, so you have a lot of time to think. So yeah. I'm, I'm watching this little tiny girl go past me at a rate of knots, and yeah. her technique is so smooth. And I've got a yeah. couple of recent videos of me swimming, and I'm just comparing the two of them, thinking, holy shit, I am... Yeah. I'm <laughs> stir in the water it's the most back to basics almost i like when i was younger i used to swim for uh, a club here in new northern yes. so uh, do you remember them do you yeah so i'm not even sure whether they're still up out but uh, you know it was reasonably competitive but my thing was always uh 50 meter breaststroke and then mm-hmm. i was reasonably good reasonably quick at the front crawl so everything is just that short burst bang bang yeah. bang you know get in nail it as quick as you can so the idea of doing a thousand, two thousand, three thousand meters, you know, and an Ironman is three point eight. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the idea of that is just yeah. you know, trying to build it up and build it up and build it up. Did so, I? I yeah. sent you the video of I can't remember the guy's name, the long distance swimmer and the change yeah, in the stroke. In the so yeah, trying to slow it down. That's one thing. So I don't know whether you've been up to uh, Let's Go Hydro. Do you know up the carried off? No, I'm writing that down for the next time. I'm so yeah. they do open water swims on a Monday, Thursday, and Saturday morning. And the first time I went up, um, like recently, probably about maybe six weeks, two months ago, I really struggled. And I went, I tried to just blast around the lap. The lap's about 7.50. So it's a sprint. It's a yeah. sprint triathlon distance. And, you know, you're talking about a slower um, stroke rate. That is a massive difference. Like yeah. I, I went around fairly easily. You know, went around a couple of times. So the difference in the the ability to slow the stroke rate right down, yeah, is is crucial. Yeah, uh, totally. It's like a evolutionary <laughs> for me. Uh, for for the non swimmers kind of listening, I use the analogy of imagine Usain Bolt and Mo Farah. You know, imagine yeah. Usain Bolt trying to compete with Mo Farah over a marathon. Yeah, you know, he'd be fine for the first 200, 300 meters, and then his running form just isn't efficient for that. He could still cover the distance. He yeah. just, it just be walking at some point, and it's it's the same when you're swimming. So it's so if you imagine your hips when you're sprinting and you're swimming, you want your hips to pretty much face the bottom of the pool the whole time. Okay. But when, when you're going long distance, you want to face the side of the pool, and then I the side of the pool. Yeah. yeah, and then that will yeah. slow your arms down in front, and it's almost like one arm pulls, then you touch the other hand, and then you pull again. Yeah. And as you're doing the pull, it's your hips are corkscrewing through the water. So I think I went from doing, I think it was five five k in the pool was about two hours ten minutes, and I was up around okay. fifty strokes per hundred meters, and then. Okay. I'll watch this video and I'll, I'll consume some more of this guy's stuff. I'll put them in the in the show notes. And I went down to instantly. I went down to an hour and forty minutes, and right in around thirty eight strokes. Thirty eight strokes, yeah. So it, it time comes down, stroke rate comes down. That's yeah. brilliant, though. And I yeah. felt like I like I felt like it was burn. Like you just gliding through the water. Like if, I yeah, it's that intensity where you feel as if you can go for a lot longer. Yeah. I feel like a dancer. Yeah. Like I feel like my technique. <laughs> I'm just like I feel so beautifully smooth. Then that little girl was beside me yesterday, and I felt like an angry wheel. 
need to get her get her on the podcast. <laughs> I do you know what? Just on the intensity side of things, the, I did the Port Ferry one last year, and I said to myself, you know, right, that I'm sitting the back. I'm not going to do anything. It's not about trying to win it. Then a wee bit of competitive nature comes out, and you're like, right, bang, away we go. Your your heart's beating. Take about halfway through, and this is about yeah. 400 meters in. I just think, oh shit, yeah. you know, I, I it started to hit me. But so I think, yeah, stroke rate, slow it down, take it from there. Was it? Was this the yeah. open water? This is the swim across. So basically, you get the ferry from Port of Ferry across to Frankfurt, then you swim back. Yeah, yeah. But so the problem is the the tie uh, the uh, the current when you get halfway across. You know, you probably know this, but it just you know you see the wee whirlpools. You uh-huh. don't appreciate it until you get out. And I ended up about so you shoot for a, a certain distance, but I ended up about three hundred meters to the right, and having to just basically make a sharp turn and then you know come back. I think I ended up doing about a thousand meters. So, uh, <laughs> so uh-huh. I just get on the bike, you know, absolutely wrecked. Mm. But what's yeah. the future? This this will lead us quite on the nutrition, but people don't realize that when you're swimming in the open water compared to like the pool water, because yeah. it's so cold, you'll burn yeah. three to four times more calories. That's one thing I wasn't aware of. Ah, uh, and and I once you start to realize that your energy and your you know your heart rate's going quicker yeah. and you're just starting to you know that nervous sort of energy. Yeah, um, yeah d- definitely. Like I my calories have shot up like. Yeah. like um, From a real basic under understanding, uh, a basic measurement tool, if you're using a heart rate monitor, if I do 5K in the pool, my heart rate will average now about 150 for that 5K, so for an hour and a half. Yeah. I'll do it in the open water tonight, and it's going to average about 170, and that's just... Right, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes. It's mental. Yeah. I go from I go from flatlining in the yellow zone. You know the yellow yeah. and the blue. Dream, yeah. Yeah. And I'll go straight. I'll just be in the red. Just straight up. An hour and a half. I'll do high intensity training. There's no intervals. It's just high intensity training. Just yeah. Just bang. Yeah. Just constant. So like yeah. I mean that that sort of from a nutrition standpoint, like if you're not on top of your energy output or input oh, there, you're you're you know you're gonna struggle big time. Massive. Yeah. Ross Edgley, you know Ross Edgley swam around the UK? Absolute maniac. Uh, he, maniac he, like. He's joked quite a few times, and I can, I love this. It's it, He wasn't swimming. It was an eating contest. That's yeah, all was the doing. bananas? <laughs> yeah. He, uh, he, just he used to, to get the uh, like tons of bananas just like uh, sent out in a, a speedboat, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, mental. Yeah. Uh, um, so listen, you're on here. We're going to. We're just kind of reminisce about swimming for ten minutes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're, you said we're, we're going to chat about nutrition, and you did the Martin McDonald course. Yeah, um, Mac Nutrition. I've actually got a few of my business clients who are just signed up to his next intake. Brilliant, yeah. And I know they're going to listen to this. So, like, what, what can they expect? What did you learn? What surprises? Just to give us a bit of insight. Yeah, so obviously I'd done a bit of research, but my my sort of I was very skeptical because I had done some online courses, and you're sort of left to your own devices, and you know you can just go away and you have to do wee exams and these wee courses. But so I was thinking, well, how hard can this be? Like, you know, realistically, um, do a bit of do a bit of revision, open book, grant, way we go. I wasn't really prepared in the initial sort of couple of months of how intense it was. So in terms of the lecture itself, 
there's there's a there is a good bit of uh, scientific information presented in the the webinar. So it's all done basically, you know, Martin or uh, one of the tutors, like Sarah or something, will actually go and um, uh, and actually record it, and they'll they'll be talking to you. Uh, but on top of that, you there's a lot of different reading on different research papers, and really trying to think about having that critical mindset. You know, don't just accept things that are thrown about on the internet because that's the biggest issue I think uh, on social media on on any you know, Google if you Google anything at all like you know it says you're gonna die in ten minutes so you're sort of <laughs> you're sort of trying to like, you're sort of trying to wade through all the shit and try and work out you know, what what actually can you use here um, so anyway that well, was a that was a big thing um, trying to get your head around you know. People can have different opinions on things because there's lots of different tactics and, and, and different ways of getting to the, the same conclusion. But there's certain underlying principles that are, you know, fundamental to success essentially, whether it's sports performance, fat loss, um, you know, health, things like that. So that was really, really good. I think the guys will really enjoy it. Martin's a funny guy, mm-hmm. um, you know, and the the conferences are brilliant. He's obviously got access now to pretty much anybody in the world in terms of nutrition. Uh, when I was there, well, James Krieger was on um, uh, the conference before. Um, and then, you know, I know Alan Aragon has done different stuff. Um, so, yeah, there's always somebody big there. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one in November. I don't know exactly who's going to that one, but it's, there's a focus on childhood uh, nutrition. Yeah. So children. Um, so it's quite an interesting one because it's not something that I know a huge amount about, mm-hmm. you know, other than trying to build a healthy relationship with kids and on on um and food aspects. So, but yeah, really really interesting. Um, the away days, if you like, <laughs> are really good. Uh, you probably you you were at the I saw you at the, the other conference, so you probably the one here in Belfast the tour he was doing. So you yeah. Probably, you um you've been to some of Martin's stuff. You've probably uh, it's it's stuff, haven't you? Because most most of the podcast world listening to this will probably know I, I live in Scotland and I flew home for his I flew to Belfast for his Belfast tour which was actually the first one it was world tour yeah yeah it was his very first one and yeah do you know what was really good about that is you could tell I, w- I want this to come out right you could tell I bet his 10th tour date wasn't the same as the first in terms of the content because yeah. He had a lot of content and he kept going off in stories and tangents. And I absolutely love that. And I think that's because he was thinking, holy shit, I'm really excited. I'm on a tour and I'm in Belfast and I'm getting to chat about everything our business does. And I think we got the most and the best content. Um, Yeah. Because I I was sitting quite near the back of the room and I could see Sarah and a few of the other ones. They were all frantically taking notes the whole way through. Yeah. So I like I know what they were doing. They were sitting thinking, Martin, shut up, Martin, that's brilliant. We need that story <laughs> in. That slide isn't right, blah, blah, blah. I think we yeah. got the raw kind of we were the test subjects. So to speak. Uh, it's a good audience, <laughs> so to deal with. Yeah. And I, I thought it was brilliant. And what was really, really funny is I couldn't do the night out that he did in Belfast. Yeah, like, not, neither could I, actually. Just well, about a week, fell. A week later or a couple of days later, he was doing Edinburgh. So I didn't right. go to the Edinburgh show. I went to his Edinburgh night out. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you didn't even turn up for the, the information. 
ABC no. was different. Yeah, just get me drinks. <laughs> <laughs> but it's I'm, always uh, I'm I'm what what type of uh, nutritionist is this guy? He just organizes piss ups and goes and yeah. plants and said, "How many time. shots can you do in one night?" Uh, <laughs> pretty much. Pretty it's much. Okay, so what what sort of things have you implemented? A on yourself, and you know how, how do you address your clients now with their nutrition? Uh, from my perspective, definitely the critical thinking aspect of it. So, um, if you have somebody sitting in front of you, uh, it's not a it's not a one size fits all. You know that you know we can talk about um, you know the whole energy balance equation and it being the underlying factor for most things. But if you have somebody sitting in front of you who um, you know, does better on a higher carbohydrate intake, or is uh, actually does quite well with you know some type of fasting protocol. You can't apply the same sort of techniques to every single person and just hope it. Um, hope it works. I mean, that that's one of the things why I held off on doing any sort of online coaching, whether it was like fitness or any sort of nutrition, because unless you're actually sitting in front of somebody talking to them, you don't see. You know, you don't see the mannerisms, or you don't see how they react to questions, and you don't you don't sort of get that um, proper information um, that I think you would do over an email, say for uh, until you can until you're really looking for it. Mm-hmm. So for me, definitely, it was it was how to actually speak to somebody on a on a level where they'd probably respond better than me just you know giving them information, saying right, knock yourself out, sort of thing. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, definitely. Just in terms of how to how to speak to people and and different different methodologies in terms of how to how to get them to their um, their end goal. All right. Okay. You know? So when you're talking about that critical thinking, you know, be a lot of people and probably myself included. You know what what does that mean compared to say a regular kind of consultation? Well, I, I think it's in terms of. Looking at the looking at the evidence that maybe um, so if you're talking about fat loss for example there are going to be certain protocols and certain um, methodologies that are going to get that person to their uh, their end goal but it's about looking at how do you apply those in the best possible way for that particular person's lifestyle um, or mindset or you know, just particular situation that's going to one probably, you know, get them to their end goal. But two, think about, you know, how how quickly can you do it, um, mm-hmm. rather than you know just keep them hanging on for a year and hopefully something happen, but they keep paying you money, sort of thing. <laughs> so you're trying to do it in that sort of way. And if there's no evidence that sort of uh, exists. Um, to try and help this person, you're sort of trying to use right. Well, what experience do you have as a coach that potentially could, um, you know? But you're still trying to apply a critical mindset to that potential strategy that you're going to use, even though there might not be a lot of information um, in the in the scientific world, you know. So, yeah. but it, it, yeah, I mean, it's it's yeah. If you, if you can if you can get that across to those guys, whenever they see stuff online, they're uh, a wee bit less reluctant to or even more reluctant to just believe it you don't go oh shit actually he's told me one thing but i'm seeing this guy on instagram with a million followers telling me to do this maybe oh. should, i should just do my dad's like but fit me you know so <laughs> you've been around a lot longer than me so for someone in your position that's been you know 
10 years ago, the information isn't what it is now. So you're probably have had to learn, relearn, adjust. But there's a lot of people that aren't doing things that you're doing. Mm. And they're just sticking with, no, this works. I'm sticking with this, even though I don't give a shit what the science says. But you're, you know, you're having to uh, refine, refine, refine as you go. And I think that's probably the secret to uh, being in this industry a long time. Uh, 100% that's what this industry does. You know, unfortunately, I think, I think science, exercise and nutrition has only recently kind of really been defined. Do you know what I mean? Like, because we've had all this, and I actually, I think this is one of the good things about social media, is we've had all these fad diets, which were life. And like, I, I remember promoting Atkins. I remember, <laughs> and I cringe yeah. when I say that, I remember saying the words that that is a fat storing food. Mm-hmm. That is a fat burning food. Because yeah. of things I have been told by experts Whereas what, what social media has done is basically, you know, quote unquote, calorie deficit, you will lose body fat. Yeah. So whatever but you I, do to get a calorie deficit, you will create conditions. And I, th- I think that's where the industry's, it's, it's, it, it'll always do this. It'll always go full circle. Like, yeah. we're, we're very much back to basics. But Ricky, yeah, that's the thing. You're, you're, as you're saying there, you're admitting to the fact that you did that. Most people would try and hide that under the carpet. You know, and say, "Oh no, that's you know, uh, I didn't that's do it. that or blah blah blah." But don't get me if wrong. You, if you can't admit you're wrong, like you're <laughs> don't get don't get me wrong. I've deleted the YouTube videos. And <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. Facebook Delete memories. all the posts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, one Facebook yeah. memories. Every day I check that, and it's not to see what I was doing a year ago. It's to see yeah. what shite I was talking five or six years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you almost sometimes you have to apologize to the clients from the early days because. <laughs> Yeah. Shit that I, and even like when I was like when I first, you know, given out unsolicited advice, you know, oh, I've been to the gym ten times, so try this. It's works for me, sort of thing. And you just yeah. think you do, you absolutely cringe and go, "Flip me, did it?" And I, I think I've been quite lucky because one, I'm coming into it a lot like older in life, so I'm a wee bit more, you know, um, switched on. I'm definitely not drinking anywhere near as much as I used to. You know, no more Thursday nights in the M club. <laughs> you remember that one? <laughs> so no drinking too much in the school night. And um yeah, and then obviously I've come into it where there is a lot more um social media, there's a lot more evidence based, like proper scientific guys giving out stuff that's actual useful information, like you know, Spencer Nadolsky and James Krieger and Alan Aragon. Like, I'll be honest with you. See, for any of your trainers, um, that are they're thinking about nutrition, James Krieger's weightology review. Mm-hmm. So okay. it's just weight, as in like lifting a weightology yeah. review. Um, I think it's like nine quid a month. But the the, the back um issues that you get and that you can download and read and his research is just unbelievable. You know, he's just one of those guys that he breaks it down so easily to understand um and if you're not sure about something like say read stuff online you're like i don't know where i should say anything about that and you go and you look at the the, the research and go actually you know what i'm right about that you know because that's the biggest that's a the biggest thing for me is that i have definitely big imposter syndrome massive so you're okay. thinking i learned all this information i really need to be out there and this is where social media comes in you know and that's something i'm obviously trying to learn them but like trying to 
you know, come across to somebody who's maybe said something without acting like a dick or looking like a dick and just yeah. saying, well, actually, do you know what? And I had a conversation with a girl on a Slimming World rep, mm-hmm. you know, and everyone was like absolutely getting stuck into her. You know, I thought, right, there's a different approach to this. I just tried it. And she actually had a conversation with me online, you know, interacting, going, and I said to her, you know, who are the people that you're following that you're getting this information from? So she named a couple of people, you know, that had written books. One was a lawyer. One was a, you know, a research journalist. And you're thinking, right, okay, we know possibly I know what's going on here. Um, and I said to her, I gave her a list of about 10 people and said, you know my thoughts on it. Here are 10 people that I think you'll get free information. You don't have to go and buy a book. Go and have a look at their stuff, you know. And she was like, yeah, okay, it's good to have a conversation with somebody. So that was different for me. Because okay. you know we're like over here. You know, if somebody says yeah. something, you're, 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 you're yeah. dropping all of them. So, um, what what yeah. are your biggest strengths? I, I've had a few people who have done this recently um, come on the podcast, and the the fitness industry is very. Um, a lot of people, a lot of the successful people in the fitness industry, when and as sorry, there's my watch talking to me. <laughs> a lot of the successful people in the fitness industry, and I use the word successful, kind of you know what defines success is individual to each person, but it's a lot of those people have done something else and then come to the fitness industry because they genuinely have a passion for helping people, whether that's yeah. in, you know, CrossFit land, group exercise, Les Mills land, nutrition, uh, being a quote unquote, you know, standard PT in a gym live or online. And yeah. uh, so I think that that's your biggest strength is because you have, you haven't come to the game late. You've come to the game on time for you because if yeah. you came if you came here when you were 25 you mightn't have had a the passion or the uh, the desire rather to actually yep. help people you might you might have been that kind of pt stroke nutritionist you spoke about earlier you're just happy taking money off people every month whereas now you're actually here to make yeah. a difference yeah. in no in those people's lives and i think there's there's so many fitness professionals like that who have done something else no even i left the fitness industry for a while i went to work in spectator newspapers for about a year right okay um, and i quickly learned after six months that i needed to get back into the fitness industry okay so um you know the, and the, the reasons why i left were that i was working do you remember it was called fit space on the butcher road oh yes yeah 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 uh, yep. so so that gym closed down um, so it was Fitness First Boucher, and then it turned into FitSpace. Yeah. Um, and it was when Fitness First were closing down and turning into FitSpace. Uh, a lot of my clients left, and I didn't really have the desire or the drive at the time to A, keep those clients, B, get more clients. Um, so I took the easy option and thought, I'll, I'll go and get a job that pays me for turning up at nine, leaving at five. Yeah. And I quickly realized that's not what I wanted to do. I wanted to yeah. do something I enjoyed, do something I was passionate about. Um, and that's why I, I quickly came back to the fitness industry at Fitness First um, Conswater, Fitness First Binder and then Fitness First Conswater. Um, but I said, when you're talking about giving people advice, that the fact you didn't come into the fitness industry until you were 30. Yeah. Well, that, I, that's I, your I, biggest I strength. think about it until I was 30, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, what, what you can do is like, <laughs> I talk about your biggest, your biggest, uh, pain is your biggest strength talk about what your diet was like as a 25 year old when you're working oh behind the God. desk yeah i mean 
do a social media post on that and watch that get legs. Watch people come out of the woodwork oh. and think, oh, that's what I do every day. Is that not good? And you'd be like, fucking yeah. no. No, <laughs> sometimes I wonder how I managed to function, you know, but like, yeah, it was, it was absolutely crazy. Even in throwing a couple of nights out during the week and you're just like, what was I doing? You know? But no, you're, you're, you're hundred percent right. I think coming in at an older uh, age, especially having been working in IT management, you know, having 30, 35 engineers, you're sort of, you, you learn to deal with difficult situations. Mm-hmm. Um, conflict resolution you know and i was lucky to be fair i mean the, the i worked for nova school in, in the titanic quarter and they you know in terms of the guys i had working for me that you know 99 percent of them were brilliant so but you still have the you know issues to, to work through and stuff so definitely you, having that life experience i think definitely has stood me in good stead coming mm-hmm. in here um and obviously if it's you know it's not for the money side of things the money's a lot, a lot higher in uh, in IT. So, and then obviously with the the risk factor in terms of having mortgage, you know, make sure my wife was not going to divorce me, um, <laughs> you know, and and having a, a newborn kid, you're sort of like flip me. But yeah. you're right if you've got the passion for it, you, you you know, and I think actually having a kid helped me get up at quarter to five every morning. You know, yeah. as you get you get used to the, it's not that you get used to it. I don't think you do. Because you could definitely, I could definitely lie in the seven or half seven every morning, no problem. But uh, <laughs> I, I know it's crazy to say seven or half seven. Oh, no, it's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's um, you start to get that mindset where actually, you know, I need to get up and do things. You know, mm-hmm. I need to, I need to improve my knowledge or improve how to do something. Or um, so yeah, there's, this, there's a saying which has been ripped apart in the last year. Um, if you find something you're passionate about, you'll never work a day in your life. Yeah. It's been ripped exactly. apart a little bit. It's like, if you find something you're passionate about, you'll work every day of your life because you're passionate about oh. it. You don't know how to stop. Yeah. That's, yeah. That, that's another thing as well. You know, because I mean, I have a reasonably strong work ethic, right? And I think because this was my business, I was like, right, go for it. And you sort of ignore, it's like, you know, I'm, I'm tough enough to get through, you know, 12 hour days um seven days a week or six days a week and then work like half day on a sunday or something you quickly learn that's not going to happen mm-hmm. and you have to take yourself out of the equation in terms of you know downtime and so like yeah. I, yesterday i was away at a, a family barbecue had the wee man out swimming in the morning and you just shut off you just shut off and it's brilliant yeah. you know and you just don't think about it which mm-hmm. is and it took me a long time to actually work out how to do that yeah. so yeah, you have to have your fun as well, as much as you're responsible for the, the business, you know. But again, I think being a wee bit older uh, has, has, has helped me a wee bit there. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm actually putting a good spin on being older, aren't I? Yeah. <laughs> how old are you? 47, 48? <laughs> I know, maybe look at that. We were chatting off air um, about a couple of things I, I w- want to chat about next. And I'm going to ask your opinion on kind of different diets and fads and that. Um, yeah. A lot of the people who listen to my podcast, um, and probably you know your audience as well when you reshare this, they will do a lot of exercise. Um, yep. Specifically, my audience, a lot of them will either do or teach a lot of group exercise classes like three, four body pump, body attacks, uh, all that through the day. And 
um, it's their actual calorie balance, and a lot of people don't eat enough. So it's just I, I want to know what your kind of thoughts are about that kind of under eating for the activity that you're you're maybe doing. Yeah, you know it's probably as you say things go full circle, right? And I think it's probably went the other way in terms of um, people that are very active you know, still have this mentality of not eating anywhere near enough for their uh for their lifestyle. So um I mean I've never done a, a body pump class before, but I've watched videos of it. Mm-hmm. And to me, the amount of energy that you put in um aerobically, but like on the muscles as well, is just you know, it is it's crazy. So to think you know, I think nutrition is such a fundamental aspect of somebody in your position, or your, you know, the trainers that you help. Uh, you know, it's massive. And energy availability and actually getting enough in uh, is probably the biggest. And I think there's probably a wee bit of pressure on people, you know, especially working in the fitness industry, that they have to either eat a, eat a certain way or uh, certainly show that to their clients. Whereas you know, the whole balanced lifestyle and actually get enough in for your for your particular output is a big thing. But like, yeah. you know, and then it goes back to general fat loss. You know, people are generally overestimate how much they move and underestimate how much they eat. But that's not the case generally for people that are in that type of yeah. environment as like Les Mills and stuff like that. So I think it's, yeah, getting that. I suppose that goes back to, you ever uh, look at your man, Gary Vaynerchuk? Uh-huh. You're bound to because you're... Yeah. All that stuff. Um, he always talks about self awareness, and I, it's never, it's, it's something that's sort of starting to make sense to me now. But even if you just apply it to this side of things, so be self aware, but you know, be honest with yourself. How, how active are you? Like realistically, yeah. you know, doing three resistance training sessions a week and sitting down all day and not doing much at night, you know, isn't a very active lifestyle. Mm-hmm. You know, so the likes of uh, a Les Mills trainer or body pump you know, trainer are going to need to be serious about whether they're meal prepping or, you know, what they're bringing with them, what they're, what, how they're fueling if they're doing sessions, say, in the morning and then later on that day. So yeah. how are they, what, what, you know, how are they thinking about their energy intake? Yeah. Yeah. What I find with a lot of instructors is, They'll use a, a you know a basic BMR or TDE calculator, and it'll yep. tell them they'll put in moderately active, um, intense exercise, whatever the terminology will be. Uh, but what they'll probably do is underestimate how yep. active they actually are because they'll be you know take me for example. There'll be a lot of people like me. I'm ninety kilograms. Um, oh, mid thirties. I don't have. <laughs> I'm actually 24, obviously, everyone listening. So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so it'll probably tell me something around 2,000 calories. And if I go and teach two body pumps a day plus mm-hmm. uh, body attack, which is an aerobic, an aerobic space workout, you know, my watch alone will tell me average 500 calories per class. So I've just extended yep. 1,500. So if I eat 2,000 calories and I've extended yep. 1,500 in exercise, I'm trying yep. to do the rest of my day, you know, everything from doing the shopping to yep. walking the dog to digesting my breakfast in my actual belly on 500 calories. Yeah, so, I mean, that, that goes down to, the you know, Martin's take on NEAT. Yep. Uh, you know, the, the amount of non-exercise activity thermogenesis in terms of how much 
you're expanding just dandering about walking about mm-hmm. fidgeting and stuff like that so you're yeah 100% right like I, I think it's um but have you ever looked at how much you you would burn is it 500 do you say there how much do you burn or when you're swimming <laughs> it all depends i've had a rant about this recently i think the fitness industry is about to make a little change so i don't want people listening to this don't get caught up about what your heart rate monitor tells you you burn in terms of calories because there's a whole lot of other factors that take into consideration so my example is if i am teaching the new body pump on stage Uh to a load of instructors i will burn my watch will tell me 900 calories right okay if I'm teaching my standard Wednesday night class and I'll lift the same weights, I'll do my best to move the exact same way. I'll only burn five or 600 calories. Yeah, okay. So, so it does change. And then again, people listen to this. We, we might go into this in more detail, but you'll burn more calories at different times of the day, depending on when you've eaten, yeah. how much sleep you've had, how hydrated you are. So yeah. I would say on average, maybe 600 calories if I'm, if I'm working hard. Okay, yeah. But, you know, for somebody who's got fat loss goals and maybe isn't that active, they're maybe looking at their, their Fitbit going, flip me, I have, you know, four or 500 calories I can eat back here. Uh-huh. Instead, you know, instead of thinking, actually factoring that into the amount of food that, you know, you're, you're looking at for um, your, your total intake minus the calories for a deficit. Whereas yeah. somebody who's doing Les Mills or, or Body Pump is, is um, you know, needs to almost overestimate yeah, yeah. To, to think about right am i doing five classes tomorrow as well because that's yeah. probably the other thing as well they think they'll, they'll maybe you know they'll maybe only eat um for that day uh-huh. and not really think too much about oh shit i'm going to do three classes in the morning uh, you know my, so I, I need to think about that my little hack that i've kind of developed then and i preach a lot to my clients is or you know eat planning for your next exercise so if you're if all you're right okay class or going to six Good, yeah. if you if you're always preparing for your next meal you'll always yep. be on top of things rather than thinking oh shit i've just done this really hard workout i must have a protein shake with carbs in it and and berries in it and fat so as i can replenish and so that, that yep. that's fine but if you think about the next meal rather than yep. the last workout that's actually a brilliant brilliant way to look at it because if you think, of, I don't I mean, I don't know what time classes, body pump classes would start up in the morning, but a lot of people struggle to get up in the morning and eat. So mm-hmm. if you, maybe if you have dinner at five o'clock, say you're not taking classes that night, you have dinner at five o'clock, you're not going to eat again to potentially say you get a break, I don't know, like 10 o'clock or something or half nine. So you're not eating right through. So you might actually be, without even thinking about it, get yourself a reasonably decent deficit, mm-hmm. you know, and then having to play catch up. So, yeah. yeah, I think that's a that's a. I might actually use that one. So hopefully, that's not trademark. But yeah, that's a, it's a good way of thinking about right. What are you? It's like football. You know, if you're playing a match on Saturday, your nutrition needs to think about. Uh, or you need to start thinking about your nutrition on a Friday. You know, yeah, you, you know, hydration or uh, the amount of carbohydrates you're taking in um, and, and things like that. Um, or if you're training on a Tuesday. And you're not maybe training again to Thursday. You know, Wednesday isn't going to be just as important. So you're, you know, it's more recovery rather than thinking about fuel for energy. So, yeah, it's um, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting topic. <laughs> I, I want to. I just want for everyone listening. We've spoke about you know group exercise classes, but that'll apply to any exercise. You know, whether you're going to the gym to do 
Les Mills body pump or you're going to the gym to do a CrossFit workout or you're going out to run eight miles. It's The same principles apply. You're always going to burn energy. The body yep. composition, goals and gains on the other side of that might be completely different. But the one yep. thing you've always got to do to get those composition goals is you've got mm-hmm. to burn energy to get there, i.e. burn calories, i.e. eat calories so you can burn. Um, yep. I, want, I want to clarify a couple, of, a couple of terms we've kind of both used just so as people yep. understand, and then I'm going to go through a couple of diets. So um, probably start with BMR. So what is yep. BMR? And I've got a couple of these. What is BMR? And do you have a formula where people can work that out? Yeah, um, basal metabolic rate. So essentially the way I try and explain this to people to keep it really uh, simple, um, I suppose it is reasonably simple. It's about the calories that – uh, with the energy that you're going to burn if you're just sitting there. So the amount of um, energy that your organs need to keep um, keep functioning, so your brain activity, central nervous system. Uh, imagine you're lying in a coma, uh, and that's the amount of calories that you need just to maintain the way you are at the minute. Um, in terms of a formula, there's a few different few different yeah. things out there. You know, I mean, you've probably seen Martin's one. In terms yeah. of, he, he keeps it real simple, like, you know, for women. Oh, don't say that, because when he was explaining on the day, I got so confused, because yeah. he gave two or three well, different formulas, and I didn't know me also. Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing is, see, I know you're right. See, see if you I actually just said it's really them all out. Really stupid. <laughs> no, no, it's, I think it, you're almost expecting it to be tough. So mm-hmm. you're trying to think, right, what, what am I missing here? When in actual fact, if you, if you think about a woman, right, so you take your weight, in uh, kilograms and multiply by 22 for women. Right. For I'm men, for what's that? I'm writing this all down. All right, sorry, um, sorry, yeah. 24 from memory? Tw- ma- ma- uh, male's 24, right? So if you if you take that, um, so multiply it up, and then if you take the C, uh, like a Harris-Benedict, so Harris-Benedict is a really uh, popular formula. If you take the two of those together, so hold on, let me just stop you. So yeah. I've got my body weight, 90 kilograms, multiplied by 24. So I've got 2,160. Right, as your BMR. So that's, so that's BMR. what, that's what yeah, I that's your BMR. wake up and not get out of bed and lie in bed. To stay, stay the same sort of weight and, and uh, keep your body fueled. Yeah. So I need 2,160 calories to not move, to wake up and not move. Yeah. So yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. If I just we, want to be back really clear on that for people listening. So let let me do the a female example as well. So I don't yeah. know, the females weight seventy kilograms um, multiplied by twenty two equals fifteen hundred. Fifteen. Yeah. So that's how if you're a seventy year old female, your BMR is going to be roughly fifteen forty. I said seventy kg. Yeah. 70 kg. I, I, he, I, he said 70 year old there. I was like, 70? Right, there's a lot more variables come into this. But there is, yeah, yeah. You're, thinking two, you're two steps ahead, all right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, no, so that that's as basic as I would, I would go. Um, I'd caveat that by just talking about, uh, you know, lean body mass and things like that. But I, I would say for anybody sitting here thinking, where, where do I start? That's where you start. Okay. okay, the the Harris Benedict method is is it does exactly the same thing. Um, it's just a wee bit more long winded. So you it brings into play your age, your height, 
um, your current weight and your uh, gender. Okay. All right. So there's one for male and there's one for female. And I, you know, if I remember, you put the a link to the formula on the show notes or whatever. But yeah. essentially, essentially, what what that means is you should come out with somewhere in around the same number. Okay. All right. And then we use this as our starting point. So you know roughly that's where you um, you need to start as a as an energy intake. Then what you need to look at is your um, output. So how active are you? Okay. So we'd be looking at, at and I would I would the first thing I would do is look at your job. What do you do nine to five? Mm-hmm. Um, so what are you doing each day? If you're sitting in an office, um, not moving about that much, then your activity level is going to be quite low. So you've probably seen the PAL. Your physical activity level yeah so that is a, like a multiplier so this is where things start to get a wee bit interesting so i would always suggest that yes okay you um you multiply it up but don't take into consideration your exercise just yet okay so i would say if you what, what was that number you had for you 90 uh, or sorry, 2,160 BMR, but I'm taking my weight at 90 kilograms each. Okay, so 2,160, okay. So if you then think about the, the PAL scale, so if we think about sedentary, you'd maybe multiply that by 1.1, okay? Mm-hmm. If you're, and I'm talking about like little or no activity throughout the day, you're sitting most of the day, typing on a computer, don't really get up too much, maybe a couple of co- cups of coffee, whatever, uh, 1.1. So your energy intake isn't going to need to be much higher than your BMR. All right. Okay. Then you think about um, so you know the way the actual one is like lightly active, moderately active, and then very active. So say lightly active is one point three. It's light activity some some of the day or, or walking about. Moderate activity um, on the feet most of the day. So think like um, a good one is like a postman or, or um, you know door to door. One of those guys, electricity sales people. You yeah. Know those yeah. guys. Um, and then very active is like. You know, think like uh, a laborer or something like that. So mm-hmm. it could be up as high as one point seven, right? So if you think about your daily uh, output, but if you're thinking about your actual job, what are you what are you doing most of the day? Would you be sitting at a laptop most of the day? Yeah, laptop, phone, laptop, yeah. phone. So probably your BMR isn't going to need to be multiplied too much by. So if we say we say lightly active, so some walking about, maybe some. Um, I don't know, going for a dance or whatever, say 1.3, mm-hmm. right? So if we take your 2100, okay, 2100 times 1.3 equals 2730, right? I, I, I feel like I'm getting a, a proper nutrition consultation now. Like, yeah. I'm about 10 years overdue. Happy days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think the, the big thing with these things is that you have to realize it's just a you know, a stabbing, not so much the dark, but maybe you've got a bit of a torch, sir, you know, and 2,730 calories to start, okay, 90 kg, maybe 1.3 is your activity level, you go for a couple of walks, maybe you try and do your 10,000 steps a day, uh-huh. all right, the next thing on top of that is looking at, right, how active are you actually, mm-hmm. right, so you'd be thinking about what is your, what is your output due to exercise? All right. So then you be thinking to yourself, right, I'm doing a big swim in the morning. I'm taking three classes. You know, I'm doing a swim at night. That's where you need to start factoring in 
how many calories you need to start adding on top of that based on your goal. So if your goal is to maintain performance, you need to make sure that your calories are in check. Like you need to make sure that you're fueling for performance. So <clears throat> it could be. Can I give you, you? Can I give you some figures yeah. here, which I think will help my audience? So let's yeah, just say ahead, yeah. I do two body pump classes and two yeah. body attack classes. One of those body composition based. One of those is aerobic space. But let's say the average is five hundred calories per class. Per class, and is that per day? So that's four classes per day. Yeah. Say okay. Five. I'll say five days a week because a lot that I'm saying this because a lot of group fitness instructors would average that through the week. There might be different types of classes, but they'll yep. be doing body composition classes, strength classes is a better way of saying that, not body composition, yep. a strength based class, and they'll do cardio based classes and we'll have that mixture. So we'll say 500 okay. calories each. Okay, so then you, so say 2,000 calories, say uh-huh. on average, yep. then, okay, per day. If you're saying that's five days, what I would tend to do is that's 10,000 calories across the week from those classes, yeah. right? So if you think about what's 10,000 divided by seven over a seven-day period. Oh, have you got your calculator? So it on. is <laughs> 1,000. I'll tell you right now. It's 1,428, Okay. right? So if you then think that's your only activity, so we had you on... What did we say? 1.3, didn't we? Yeah, so we had you sit 27.30, right? Uh-huh. 428 equals 4,158 calories. Per day? Right? Per day. Okay. Right? So, and the reason why I've done that is I have taken that as an average across the seven days. Uh-huh. So that is, that's not, that's basically me saying, right, eat this every day. And that'll even out across the week rather than yep. saying, right, on Monday to Friday, you want to go higher and then Saturday, mm-hmm. Sunday's going to be lower to even okay. it out. Because generally speaking, Saturday and Sunday, you're not going to go low. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that yeah. figure based on maintenance? Yes. Okay. So if so I, want, I would say, if I yeah. wanted fat loss, what would the percent the percentiles be? Um, well, it, in terms of uh, that really comes down to the individual. Okay. Yeah. I would always say if you're going to be a very active individual, you do not want to go into a severe calorie deficit because you'll do that for about three days and then you'll hit the third. Mm-hmm. So, you know, do something um, quite sensible, like let's say, without going into percentages, let's say like a 500 calorie deficit. Okay. So let's go down to even just take a round number, go down from that figure down to three and a half thousand. See how okay. that works out. Right. Okay. You know, if you're, and then, from there, then you could actually monitor that and say, right, well, three and a half thousand maybe isn't going at a rate that I would like it to. So let's take it down to 3,300, 3,200. Am I still able to function properly? Mm-hmm. You know, through, am I to have enough energy to actually perform classes? If yeah. I do, 3,300, stick to it. Then it gets in the realms of how accurate are you being in terms of tracking? You know, if you're, if you're happy with your energy levels, if you're happy with your mood, you know, your sleep, sex drive if you're happy with everything then you know maybe you just stick to that number and and reevaluate maybe in a month mm-hmm. you know if things start to you know either fat or stalls or potentially your energy levels start to go a wee bit you know then it's maybe why don't you come back up to maintenance for a week you know keep it there for a week re-energize and then maybe start again or maybe start off a three maybe start off a three and a half thousand and then see 
So yeah, but the the big thing for me is that people confuse performance with with um, actual just eating. So you know, while you're performing uh, or while you're taking the class, they maybe still have that body composition in their head rather than thinking about um, you know the performance aspect of it. So yeah, it's good that you brought up that difference. You know, if you wanna if you want to also drop some body fat then yeah, go for like a small calorie deficit and then change it as and when you need to. But the same thing is, you know, you hitting 4,158 calories, you might find that that, you know, it actually puts you into a bit of a surplus. Maybe you're not just as active as you think you are. You're maybe not burning 500 calories per class. That is where we go back to self-awareness and think, right, okay, I need to to reevaluate here and then change it as, as you go on the fly, you know, but that's where... That's where your information to your, um, you know, your trainers and stuff comes in that you because you'll be able to go. Um, you said there about yeah. about tracking. Yeah. What? How, how do you recommend people track their food? So again, this is this is a, a very individualized. You know, there's a huge. I feel as if there's a big negative sort of swing towards like, um, or negativity towards like my fitness pal and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've never really understood that because. You know, people get very, very passionate about lots of different things in life. And I, I always think to myself, I've heard this somewhere as well, so I can't really even give somebody credit for this. But anyway, I'm stealing it. They, <laughs> uh, <laughs> essentially, you know, working out how much energy you should be taking into your body for your lifestyle and your uh, your needs, I think, is a, is a hugely important uh, part of life, in my opinion. You know, the end goal... And my my view is always to get to the ability where you can um, eyeball something and go, yeah, far enough, uh, or or just be happy with how you're eating, mm-hmm. and you're not putting on too much weight um, that you, because you're not happy with. It. You know, I, I think that's the angle. But my experience is that people do not know the the energy um, the energy that this food contains. So they have no way of being completely sure about what they're taking in. And I think the likes of MyFitnessPal are just an easy way to get very, uh, you know, reasonably accurate information on foods. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I would always, if a goal is fat loss, there's different sort of plans that you can implement in terms of portion sizes. You know, we're going to talk about it a bit fast and things like that. And that's fine. But, if you want to stick to the, the, the most calories that you can per day, then it's a good idea to work out where that should be. Mm-hmm. And I think my fitness pal is just an easy way, as long as you use it properly, um, to, to, to get there. Having said that, there are obviously people that have certain issues with with um, tracking food and, and, and you know, the relationship with food, and maybe tracking isn't for them. And that's completely you know, yeah. that's, that's fine. You know, they have to find, you have to be able to adapt and find somewhere that's going to work for them. So, but yeah, I, I always start, say to people, stop like, rambling on there. Yeah, my fitness no, no, <laughs> I love that. And I always say to people about my fitness pal, like don't use it blindly learn, you know, so if you, if you scan yeah. something in and it tells you it's 300 calories and it's um, picking numbers at random here, it's a hundred grams of protein, a hundred calories of protein, hundred calories of fat, hundred calories of carbs. Not that that would ever happen. Um, yeah. but <laughs> I like to see rem- food. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but re- remember, we've just invented a superfood. <laughs> Brilliant. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. Just remember that. So, is it means like 
you know, next week, if you want to have the same food, yeah, and you're in the shop and you see all these different foods, you can identify out of you know ten things on the shelf, you know what three of them are in terms yep. of their their nutrient density. So you can pick yep. up the ones that actually suit, rather than think I need to scan everything I ever eat so as the figures on my phone add up to what the app tells me they should add up. Is yep. that actually learn how many carbohydrates is in a banana? And then it means before you go to exercise, you all know how you feel on a free <laughs> banana compared to a half banana. Yeah, I think that that's again nail on head. There, if you are reliant on my fitness pal, you then become. Uh, and I think maybe this is where the negativity comes from. It's like, oh, I can't eat because I haven't scanned it in. Well, you know, mm-hmm. the, the whole thing is learning learning to understand how your body reacts on, on different foods and, and energy intakes and things like that is all part of the process. Yeah. So, you know, scanning, as you say, like scanning a banana, it, it's maybe a medium-sized banana and you're eyeballing it going, right, well, I know what's in that, yeah. roughly, give or take. You know, you're not... I, you're not I was really cruel to a girl last week. No, I did explain myself afterwards. So she was talking about how much she loves my fitness pal and she used my fitness pal for absolutely everything. And what she would do is some days she would put her food on my fitness pal before she eats it. Okay. So before she leaves the house, she puts her breakfast on it, puts her lunch, puts her dinner, and that's all okay. she's allowed to eat. So she knows exactly. And mm-hmm. I do know her quite well, so I can't have banter with her. So what I'm about to say, I wouldn't do this with a stranger or somebody. <laughs> I just said, well, did you hear that my fitness pal is shutting down on the 1st of August? And she looked at me and she was like, why? And I said, because Facebook have bought it and Mark Zuckerberg doesn't want it. He wants to use it for something else. I come up with this. It's really good. I come up that's, with this. Uh, really that's good. <laughs> elaborate story. And her face dropped and you could see the panic in her because she was right. like, what am I going to do? I don't yeah. have my fitness pal. And that's yeah. when exactly what I just said, you know, you need to learn from my fitness pal and not rely on it that's dangerous then so uh, i think that, that that that's right so she's completely reliant on even though she probably knows you know you know what's in an egg or you know what's in a, a whatever you know a, a banana she's probably still that yeah. bit of reliance on oh but i need to be sure there was you know, so, proper fear in yeah. the game. I felt, you know, I thought it was funny, but I felt kind of bad all at the same time. Yeah, you're like, oh <laughs> shit, it was really funny. <laughs> yeah, I think I think if it's used in the right way to uh, get knowledge and get sort of understanding about the yeah. food, I, I think that's, you know, personally, it can only be a good thing. You know, and I know, I know, lots of great coaches just don't like to go down that route and that's that's completely fine you know those they, they obviously have methods of, of getting across to their their clients and stuff um you know how to how to eat mm-hmm. but i think there's just a, just a wee bit more accuracy in it and i think yeah. the whole understanding what's what's in it. And i think this this comes back to the whole slimming world side of things you know and and, and, and just sort of eat these foods and, and well, these foods are sins but that's not really uh, you know yeah. it's not it's not teaching anybody really anything you know yeah. so it's it's dressing think, up the basics it's dressing up the calorie deficit with a big fancy jacket and a hat on yeah, it focus on the, the jacket and the hat instead of yeah. the calorie deficit in the middle just focus yeah on i guess and that and that's exactly you know you could apply at the same thing if if um you know if slimming world what wasn't there would you still know you know if slimming world just disappeared and you're like oh you know What's going to be on the sins list this month? You know, you're like, you know, are you 
and some people do learn. Some people are, yeah. you know, this is this is. I think we have to be very careful here because I I am a I'm a big uh, hater of some of right? But <laughs> I, I know, but I completely agree, right? I completely agree that I just put it out there like myself. But I I completely agree that Slim World and Weight Watchers and stuff like that will transform people's lives. It will because people will invariably eat in a calorie deficit and they mm-hmm. will find a way based on a Slim World plan that they can eat and stick to that nutrition plan for the rest of their lives and yeah. they will be happy as Larry. And yeah. see those people, that is amazing. Mm-hmm. I don't know what percentage of people that could be, but they they you know that's why it's still a business because it works yeah for some people but the whole the whole thing that has to be is that you're giving somebody the ability to make their own decisions based on knowledge you know you're you're empowering them yeah. and if they understand energy balance and want to go and do some work because they like me up on a, on a friday night for whatever it is five quid a week and getting weighed so be it mm-hmm. you know what i mean if they like that and and yeah you know, fair play to them but for me, I mean, uh, you know, it, it would blow my argument out of the water completely if some were to turn around and introduce calorie calculators. <laughs> you know what I mean? And they'd be like, guys, look, energy balance. <laughs> Here's all the energy intake. And, you know, so, and why they haven't done that, I just don't understand. They could do it your way. You know? They could do it your way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, uh, yeah, don't even admit it. Just go, yeah, yeah energy is the most important thing. So in one day. Uh, but like, you know, Joe Wicks gets a bad rep as well, you know. I think yeah, the fact is he's got so many millions of people exercising, which is only a good thing. His nutrition's, you know, questionable in terms of how that came across. So, yeah. but yeah. You know, what, what I wanted to chat, I'm just very conscious of time because um, of how much time I have left. You know, I'm talking shit here, sorry. No, no, it's been good. Do you know what, the, the last, it's funny, the last, I was going to talk about this at the start, the last few podcasts I've done, I've yeah. had, you know, people who sound proper, you know, like Belfast accents. Yeah. And, um, I had I had a guy on Friday, I had Dan on, and I had Demi on for a Thursday as well. Um, right. Dan's from Dublin, and we, we just sat and spoke, and like, yeah. it, just, it, it goes in a completely different direction. It's all good content. And you're yeah, yeah. the same. I did not, and I didn't expect to have a nutrition consultation live on a podcast. <laughs> I'm absolutely delighted. Well, good, good. <laughs> um, sometimes I think, though, like if we're two Belfast accents, although yours is quite, I think yours is quite clean. You know what I mean? I think it's easier. I've been told that mine's horrendous. Like, I don't know. I don't know how about you think having lived in Scotland. You, I know how you have to change your accent over there. But my, my, my just over at the weekend. I mean, they say they say I sound like uh, Graham McDowell that I'm really really poor. <laughs> so, so, uh, fuck, you're you're nowhere near as bad as that. No, no <laughs> <laughs> He's wild. <laughs> but I don't know how to say at us now. It's that's that's <laughs> uh, so yes, I wanted to get your thoughts uh, on a, a couple of different kind of fad diets. Um, so what okay. the the popular ones we've had recently, like veganism. What's your thoughts on that? Veganism, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> it all depends. There's a couple of different things. Obviously, there's the ethical side of things in terms of how animals are are killed and stuff. And if that is your that's your thought process on it, then that's fine. You know, I'm like all, all for it. Brilliant. Really good. Um, if, you know, if you're choosing it as a, as a, a dietary lifestyle, 
for no other reason than you like eating uh, in a vegan approach. I would sort of suggest to be a wee bit more mindful of the, the foods that you're taking in. So obviously, you know, veganism, you're not getting meat, you're not getting dairy, you know, things like that. So, you know, omega-3 fatty acids and, and things like that, you need to be very careful in terms of um, what you're going to be missing there. Um, sometimes I think as well, like, you know, people people have heard that veganism is a way, a quick way of like losing weight, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and it, it probably is because let's be honest, but you're you're probably going to be eating less calorie dense foods. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, then um, that would go at odds with anybody who's trying to say build muscle or you know uh, put on weight and things like that. So that's not to say you can't, as a vegetarian or a vegan, you can't build muscle. You just have to be very careful about. Uh, the types of foods that you're you're taking in to sort of help that process. So, I uh, yeah, I mean, look, if somebody's a vegan, then yeah, you know, so be it. I know a lot of people, you know, take a piss out of them and stuff like that. But <laughs> I'm very much so along the along the lines of you know, if you're a vegan, that, that's fine. But you need just need to be realistic about how you're eating based on your goals. You know, uh, so, thoughts yeah. on intermittent fasting. Intermittent, personally, intermittent I'm a, fasting. <laughs> <laughs> personally, I, I'm a, I'm a fan of it. I would, um, you know, people talk about getting into a deficit, and if you're, it, it might not be suitable for somebody who is as active as a body pump trainer, mm-hmm. um, but just because of energy availability and things like that. Um, however, having said that, some people can wake up in the morning and you know do two or three classes, no problem, go for it. My personal view on it is that it can be used with fat loss clients that maybe aren't too active. You could throw it in there. Maybe, you know, um, they like to have breakfast, not really, you know, a big breakfast, not really too fussed on lunch, skip lunch, have dinner. So, you know, the, the pros there are you're getting to get into a deficit as long as you don't go bananas either side. You know, if you skip breakfast, lunch and dinner um but then there's other there's other negatives around it you know if somebody is maybe going through a period of binge eating um, or you know one of those types of conditions grouping foods together and having you know saying to somebody right you can only eat between 12 and 6 isn't necessarily a good thing because that is just like a red flag to a bull, you know, yeah. and then just eat as much as you possibly can on 12 to 6. Yeah. And that's just that mindset of, you know, what happens when they go outside of that uh, intermittent fasting protocol? How do they introduce themselves back into the, the real world? Yeah. Um, your man, what do you call him? Jordan Syatt did a really interesting video on his youtube channel the other day about uh, not intermittent fasting but about rapid fat loss protocols um really really interesting guy he's a big believer in uh like sustainable nutrition so making it a lifestyle as opposed to like a quick fix and stuff and i suppose that's 100 percent right i think there's a time and a place for you know uh, rapid fat loss intervention but certainly intermittent fasting yeah i think it could be used as a good tool i think there's no uh, you know, I know there's some interesting studies out there, but there's a lot more that would sort of suggest that total energy balance is the key. 
um, rather than thinking that there's any major health benefits from intermittent fasting. You know, some people do fine on two meals a day, three meals a day. You don't have to have four or five, six meals a day. You know, so I was going to ask you next about uh, aggressive dieting. Aggressive dieting, yeah. For me, it can only it should only really be used in certain situations. If you have got a lot of weight to lose, I, you know, being quite aggressive initially, I think is a really good place to start. Um, maybe for some people listening, could would define yeah. aggressive dieting. Uh, let's say above twenty five percent of a, you know, a oh. deficit. Okay. You know, so you're you're thinking, um, you're thinking a big big deficit based on what they're used to eating. Yeah, you know, um, uh, but there's a couple of different things with that. It'll give them good motivation. You know, so they'll see progress very early on. A lot of it might be water retention or water weight. So you know, you just have to sort of um manage their expectations. But generally speaking, if they're able to stick to it for say three, four weeks, they're going to see a, a decent difference. And then what you might do is just bring them up a wee bit and then you can try it again. You know, and then there's a certain stage you'll get to. And again, you know, me being in this type of industry for only, or this industry for you know, four years, I'm still learning these types of types of things and, and trying to work out how aggressive can you be with people uh, based on their mentality and things like that. But that, that I mean, it has a it's time and place. I definitely think so. It's a complete odds with sports performance. Yeah. You know, things like that. So I wouldn't suggest anybody, you know, starts doing aggressive um, that and if they're coming up to a big, this is where the whole, see the whole boxing thing, you know, and making weight. This is where there's oh, a yeah. massive problem there, like massive problem. Um, I think with, if you understand how deficits work, you can, you know, and you've got enough time, you've got 12 weeks, you've got 16 weeks or whatever, you're able to introduce that deficit a lot easier. Yeah. You, uh, want, your, you yeah. want your weight to be on the way up when you're getting into the ring rather than pretty, pretty on the much. way down. Yeah. Your, yeah. Your, your energy levels, quote unquote, will be pointing in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah. So your, uh, muscle, uh, your muscles are used to getting fed rather than used to being starved. Um, that's kind of the analogy I've always kind of thought. That's but, how I've but, thought about it. Yeah, but that's the thing. If you're going into a, 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 a weight or a, like a weigh-in and you're used to being at that weight for, say, like a week, you know, that weigh-in is going to, it's going to be very, very easy to then, um, you know, get all the carbs in, mm-hmm. you know, the, the day before the fight or the, the day of the fight or whatever, because you're just going to be, you're not going to have to eat uh, like sort of, huge amount just to bring yourself back up to to you know because you've you know dieted so aggressively so i think it's it's interesting and a really interesting one on making weight is a guy called danny lennon so you've probably you've you've probably seen him before he he yeah. runs sigma nutrition so he yeah. does a podcast um he's had martin on a lot of times brilliant guy i've listened to him a lot and he has a a, a guide on how to sort of make weight so if any of your listeners are interested in that, you know, I can't say any better than he can. Mm. Um, I want to thank you for, that's the first name drop you've given, which I can actually spell. All the other ones I've just <laughs> scribbled on a page. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll send you through a list of all the ones. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, you just you end up building up. A, yeah. The good thing about Facebook is, right, I, 
this is one thing that I've really tried to do and probably to the detriment of any friends is, uh, you know, <laughs> you, uh, no, <laughs> I try to use social media as a, as a learning tool. So like on Facebook, I'll set, you know, 10 people that I know are going to have decent content on my subject and I'll make them the first post that you'll see. So, you know, they'll actually be at the top of your feed. So, yeah. uh, you know, they probably have mates wonder why I haven't liked pictures of their kids in two years. That's why. <laughs> you know, it's, it's not that I don't like you anymore or I'm, whatever. It's just that the first 10 posts are going to be something I'm going to actually read and then it's probably time to go off Facebook. I, I do the same with um, Instagram stories. So I'll mute yeah. a lot of people's stories unless I know yeah. I'm going to get something. Or I, like <laughs> My mates were over at the weekend. I don't need to see videos of them. You know, on the yeah, piss. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've got them like scarred in my head. Um, you know, it's, it's <laughs> I don't need to. See, I don't need to see. I started following. Don't ask me. I started following the Man United Instagram page recently, and Ooh. the stuff. <laughs> the stuff <laughs> is really, really, really good. But it doesn't have. Right, value. Okay. It doesn't have. Value uh, in my life. Yeah, yeah. So that's interesting. Pictures. That's interesting. Do you give yourself, uh, like during the week? Do you set aside time where you like? All right, I have an hour here. I'm just going to switch off and look at mindless crap. Yeah. Do you do that? Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 that's something I'm doing. That's just brilliant. So, what's your what's your views on that? Uh, my, my strategy for on social media before I start going on the Instagram or Facebook, I think, why am I going on to this? Am I going on here to consume? Yeah. Engage. Or okay. um, produce. So, if I've got something I'm going to produce, you know what I mean. Yeah. So if I've got a post I want to put on. Um, and if I'm going on to engage, it's, let's say it's Instagram because most people relate to that. If I'm watching the first five stories or, for, sorry, first um, individual story, so I could watch your story and then I could watch um, Dave's story and then Michael's story and so on. Um, mm-hmm. If I can't engage with those for the first five, you'll probably get muted and I'll probably come off Instagram, and it's the same with a feed. If I scroll down and I can't engage with the first five things I see, I'll probably come off Instagram because then I'm just in a, a thumbnail vortex. Um, I'll do the same with Facebook, and in the same token of that, I'll have time set aside each day where I, I want to go and look at specific people. So, okay. so I, won't, I won't know. We've spoken about Mark McDonald loads. Like I won't yeah. watch his stories every day, but yeah. I think I'll, you know, it's Monday today. I might get to like Wednesday. I haven't seen what Martin McDonald's been up to. I'll go and look at specific people. Yeah. yeah and no, fair it. enough. Yep. Am I going to produce something? Am I going to engage or am I going on to consume? Yeah. And I think that's, that's, that's something I could uh, take a lesson definitely on, you know. Yeah. What, what, what's your objective? What's, what's the point? I, I've picked up the phone right now for podcast land. What's the point of me picking up my phone right now? Am I am I going to be productive with it, or am I just yeah. going to go into a vortex of looking at scroll ass tits? And adverts <laughs> That's all Instagram, Instagram, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I know. Fit, uh, fitness influencers yeah. or people selling herbal teas. I know, I know. Um, <laughs> what I was going to say again, back, you know, talking about group fitness instructors, a big thing Dale hit guilty is uh, caffeine. So uh-huh. say, how, how much do we need kind of pre and post workout? 
Or what, and what are your yeah. thoughts in general? Yeah, ca- I mean, caffeine is probably, if we talk about supplements in general, caffeine's probably one of the only ones that I would, um, you know, actively recommend in, in pretty much all <laughs> circumstances. Um, if you look at the uh, research, I mean, anything from about two to, to six milligrams per kg of body weight mm-hmm. is what, you know, so um make sure that's right so if we you're say lower end talking 180 milligrams if you're talking the higher end you're talking 540 milligrams right so um yeah then you're getting in the realms of taking like pro plus Mm-hmm. You know the wee capsules and things like that, but but I'm a fan of it. You know, 45 minutes an hour before you're going to do a workout. I don't know, you know, what your pre-workout consists of, but for me, um, caffeine's essential. You know, mm-hmm. I've messed about with different intakes and stuff before running, and you definitely, you definitely do get a bit of a kick. What I would say is, do not jump the six milligrams <laughs> per kg of body weight tomorrow if you're not used to taking caffeine because you'll not yeah. sleep for two days. Yeah. You know, and then you'll be emailing Ricky Long going, what the fuck? It? <laughs> <laughs> so, I would definitely say mess about with, see where your, um, see where your tolerance lies. I mean, there could be some issues around the gut, you know, yeah. you talk about people taking, you know, the way, uh, uh, energy gels yeah. and not realizing there's caffeine in the one that they're taking, going through a race, halfway through the race, they're like, oh, right. Yeah. I don't need a, need a shit here. Yeah. <laughs> I need to pull a Radcliffe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think it's it's important to um, experiment with caffeine, mm-hmm. but definitely as as a, as a pre workout or you know, it's something I would recommend to people. It gives them a bit of a kick. Um, just be very careful, but in terms of how much you're taking in, if you're not used to it, and then in general, how much you're taking based yeah. on sleep. I mean. Uh, in terms of the half-life is like four to six hours, you know, so a hundred milligrams of, of caffeine, you'd still have, uh, you know, 50 milligrams in your system four to six hours later, yeah. you know, so I think that's a, an interesting point just to bear yeah, in mind. You know? I'll, I'll, I tell a lot of my clients as well, you know, cycle your caffeine. So maybe uh-huh. have, and find a way that works for you. So maybe have one day a week or two days every two weeks where you try not to have caffeine. So as uh-huh. when you take caffeine again, you'll feel the effects of it. So, for example, if if you've got a big important race on Saturday morning, you know maybe on Thursday and Friday reduce, maybe come off caffeine. So as when you yeah. actually take your caffeine, you'll actually get a kick from it a bit, a bit more. Yeah, it's an interesting. I think some of the research I've seen has has maybe questioned that side of it. But I, do you know what I found, right? I definitely get a psychological hit. Yes. From yeah. And I, I think that that's almost just as important, mm-hmm. I think. So definitely, you know, some people re- will react better, I think, if they're um, if stayed off. And as you've said, like, and I think it's a good thing to be suggesting. But see the psychological, I've had my coffee. Let's go. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm back at it again. Let's, let's – uh, you know, let's hit a new PB. I think that placebo almost effect mm-hmm. there. That I think it's it's definitely a yeah. thing I've seen that before. And, like, and, even and, on myself. <laughs> outside of people, again, this is a, a mental and a, an adherence and a sociability type of thing. Mix up yeah. your 
um, forms of caffeine. So, yeah. you know, have a coffee, have a, a pre-workout, have caffeine tablets, maybe or whatever it might be, mix it up and because it keeps things fresh. Because if you're always trying to have a coffee before you yeah. train, yeah, yeah, you know, it's, it's not interesting. But if you know one day, again, this is placebo effect, but oh, I didn't have a coffee on the way to the gym. I had a pre-workout. Spot on, yeah. Uh, I'm off my face. And it's kind of, yeah. well, you've actually probably had the exact same amount of caffeine. It's just because you've, you know, you're chewing it yeah. rather than, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, no, exactly. And I think, uh, as you say, like, it sort of builds up a better um, mental resilience. So if you, as you say, you don't yeah. have your coffee and you have a, you know, you've only got some pro cluster, you mm-hmm. know it's still going to do the same thing rather than thinking, oh, shit, I didn't have my coffee. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be off my game today. So, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Mental, mental games a big thing isn't it? <laughs> yeah i've loved this i just uh we'll kind of round it off just because uh, the time's run um yeah where can people find you and you know what sort of products and services do you offer right now so instagram and facebook is just at rng nutrition uh we're also on, on twitter as well so it's just at rng nutrition mm-hmm. um there is at the minute, the website is going live on the 26th of August. That's a mm-hmm. Monday, so it's about, what, three weeks? Mm-hmm. And really, the website is just um, a combination of both mine and um, the, uh, a big man who's also called Adam, who's heavily involved with um, putting the, the content together. Um the T1000. I know you follow him on Instagram. He's <laughs> like, uh, crazy um, in a good way. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, really what you can expect from that is trying to guide people. And it's it's a wee bit for people that uh, have no idea about nutrition and then looking at like sports performance and things like that. So hopefully trying to provide as much value as, as possible across the, across the spectrum. Um, based on the information that we've, we've learned from uh, MNU and obviously our, our personal experiences and stuff. So that's going live at 26th. There'll be various different options. It'll be like a sole membership and then there's like more individual and then there's like proper sports performance uh, cool. nutrition and stuff. So yeah, that's pretty much it. And then obviously we I have my own um, personal training as well. So it's just uh, rise and grind ni awesome awesome i'll put them all in the show notes um last last question yeah two questions rather is uh, what would you tell your 20 year old self <laughs> i would give them a slap for sure um <laughs> to give people context pro- when we were both 20 we were probably in magaluf yeah in fact <laughs> that's exactly where we were i forgot about that not me yeah, we were in Magaluf. Yeah, that's that's exactly where we were enjoying life. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's um, we idiot. I think I wasn't a twenty, but anyway, um, I would probably tell myself to actually just play the long game, you know, mm. but follow my heart almost. You know, think really think about what I wanted to do. I think possibly too many people fall into something because whether it's money or they think it's the next best thing and they just go with the flow and you can yeah. end up doing 10 years of that and go ah. shit 
you know. So definitely play a long game because nothing's ever built in a year. You know, I've when I started this, I was like, I have a ten year plan, you know, mm-hmm. in terms of actually building a serious business. You're already there. You're you know, you're you're uh, you know, past that and just enhancing it. So for me, I have a long, long way to go. Uh, in terms of learning and actually building a, a serious business, so as much as I'm being serious about it now, you know, <laughs> I no, think it just it, it needs it needs a long. So yeah, pretty much that. Just um, follow, find out what you actually want to do, and then doesn't matter how much money it pays, just stick to it. Yeah, play the long game. I like that. How you said that. Yeah. Um, I always ask people this one: <clears throat> is what app do you have on your phone that isn't social media? Could you yeah. not live without? Do you know what? I, I know people would probably say something to do with like um, mental health or you know like downtime and stuff, but I have a real interest in shares, right? Not that I do a lot of share dealing, but I <laughs> so there's yeah honestly, even I have a to be either business insider, uh-huh. right? And I don't pretend to know what's going on in the world of business, but business insider or the likes of like a London Stock Exchange or something. And really all that's doing is just following a couple of uh, companies and trying to work out, you know, how they run their company and shareholder value and all that stuff. And I just have a bit of an interest in it. I actually got it from my dad, basically. You know, he's oh, interested in it. And it's, yeah, so it's just something that it's completely different, you know, to... I think it's an age thing because quite a few people never, have been, yeah. been saying to me about that and I'm like, oh, I've downloaded this little stocks app and I'm kind of looking at things. I'm not really yeah. understanding. I'm not under. Hold on. I'm not understanding what I'm looking at, but yep. I understand more this week than I did two weeks ago and four weeks ago. And I'm yeah. just kind of looking at figures changing. And I'm like, oh, okay. that. So if that figure changes, this one's going to change as well. Because yeah, you know, companies work off each other, and then I've been looking at yeah. it, thinking, "Oh, I might, I might, you know, might take all my savings and put it into that one." Well, well you know, it's very, it's very interesting, like yeah, because you know, in our industry, you know, pension's not a sure thing. So you're uh-huh. thinking to yourself, you know, how can I make my money work? I suppose is the, yeah. is the old saying. And for me, it's more thinking about, um, you know, what, what type of funds or what type of companies might have a potential to, instead of getting a, a shitty, you know, savings interest rate or pension it's, or a, you know, like a, a managed pension that maybe does two percent a year. You know, <laughs> could I make could I make four percent a year or six percent yeah. percent a year? Just uh, we would I think you just have to be smarter because yeah. you know, as as much as we love being our own bosses, the money's not always guaranteed. So you're yeah. trying to work out, you know, how do I with the money coming in, how do I make it most of it? You know, uh, so, this yeah. room, my, my mate was on my mate's uh, Tommy Gentleman's podcast about two years ago and he yeah. asked that, that question what um, what would you tell your 20 year old self yeah. and my answer was invest in Instagram <laughs> yeah. <laughs> buy yeah. Instagram uh, be Instagram yeah, <laughs> yeah true <laughs> tell you what if you had a time machine now like you'd be a winner like would you Hello. Instagram Hello. Facebook who would have thought <laughs> there you go well, listen, I've I've loved this. Um, I think I think I'd love to get you back on the podcast another time. Um, okay, Brilliant. really enjoyed it. Yeah, okay, thanks for really, having really me. Cool. Thank you, and I'll uh, I'll catch you on the other side. I'll put all of Adam's notes, contact details in the show notes. Cheers, mate. Cheers, Ricky. Bam bam bam. We are 
out the other side. Really hope you enjoyed listening to mine and Adam chat. Uh, I don't like to call them interviews as such. They are just chats and we're starting to get a really, really good flow on these podcasts going. If you're a group fitness instructor, please from that episode just take the basic maths equation that Adam did with me, your BMR, that's your age, weight, height, multiply it by 22 or 24 depending on your gender and you're going to get your BMR and that's going to give you a real real solid foundation of how many calories you need to eat just to tick over every single day. This episode is sponsored Podium for Sport, Northern Ireland Sports Retailer of the Year. Please check them out on Instagram. Right now specialising in school equipment for boys and girls. Back to school equipment I should have said. That's us done. Episode 49. You are listening to the Ricky Long Podcast, where international fitness entrepreneur Ricky Long answers your questions and interviews fitness leaders on training, nutrition, and mindset. Be sure to leave a review on iTunes.